Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our, our mission is to inspire, educate, and, in, and empower, helping teenagers to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. Today, I have Rick. Now, I've known Rick for about 20 years now. I went to live in Jamaica in 2000. I had come... I'd come to a crossroad in my life and I wanted to take time out to rebalance myself. Also to fulfill a lifelong dream to live in Jamaica. Now, Rick had already planted roots there. As soon as we met, he took me under his wings and I will never forget the kindness and love that he gave me. As well as his, his hard work and his passion for his work. His kindness and love extended out to every soul that he came across, especially to those who didn't know how to express their voice or channel their message effectively. Now, this still rings true today. He was a big brother and friend to me during those challenging and interesting times, and he will always have a special place in my heart. Oh, Welcome, God. Rick. Toppy, you're bringing tears to my eyes. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, oh, I, I had no idea that you felt that way. Oh, of course. Right. I, oh, that's really means something to me. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Oh, you're more than welcome, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> how, <laughs> how are how are you doing today? Um, I'm fine, actually. Uh, you know, I'm down on the south coast of England, St. Leonard's on Sea, and I've been here right through the lockdown. And uh, oh my God, this is terrible! <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> um, right, just for those who are are only listening and not watching, there was a little tear coming down my cheek there from the wonderfully wonderful words. That Howard said, and I had no idea. But yeah, I've been here since lockdown. I was working in Jamaica on a project, um, and uh, I, uh, you know, had to basically get make a decision: stay in Jamaica for the lockdown, or, or come back here. And I opted for the UK. I just thought that it might be a bit better, but as we've seen, they only have uh, eleven hundred cases. Of of COVID in Jamaica, whereas, you know, what do we have, like 6,000 or something over here? Anyway, I've been fine. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, it's great to it's great to have you. It's great to have you, Rick. You know, it's been a little while that we've actually seen each other. So it's, it's a true honour, true honour to see you and to, and to speak to you today. And I've, and I've been so looking forward to having this conversation and I'm, I'm so excited about it. Um, just to kind of give you an overview of... of what I'm going to be covering today. I want to sort of talk to you or speak to you or ask you about your childhood, your education, your career, your well-being, um, sort of personal development. And what I'd like is to offer some advice, tips or any insights along the way to our listeners. So first of all, can you just briefly tell our listeners a little bit about your childhood? Uh, well, I was born in the countryside. Uh, in a little village in West Yorkshire um, and uh, schooled in West Yorkshire and you know kind of uh, there was no at the time you know I don't even think they had a, um, a 
TV probably until I was about eight or nine years old. So I was very sheltered from everything really in the outside world. But, you know, what I did enjoy as a child was, you know, going through the, the woods and the fields and uh, I used to even work on a farm and all kinds of things like that, you know, um, went through education. I think actually, um, first time we had the TV, we rented one to watch the 1966 World Cup final. <laughs> Some time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was like this big wooden cabinet with a little black and white screen in it. But, you know, as England were playing, you know, I think the first and only time in the World Cup time final, you know, it seemed sort of important to support the home team. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, basically, you know, went through school, um, television started, and then we had the colour TV, but it was a tiny little colour TV, and we had this weird sort of um, perspex screen that was bigger than the TV set. And what you'd do is you'd put it in front of the TV and it made the screen bigger. It, it blew it up. <laughs> it's kind of like a huge size like that. You know, I mean, there are computers, everybody, laptops, even though small laptops are bigger than the size of the screen we had then. But, but obviously, you know, as a, you know, as a kid and suddenly seeing TV and things like that, you know, occasionally you'd go to see a, a, a blockbuster movie, but suddenly there it was. And, and uh, you know, things like uh, Beverly Hillbillies and Batman and, uh, you know, in the original iteration of Batman. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I started becoming interested in um, popular media, I guess. You know, so um, going through school, I wasn't necessarily, you know, sort of, I wasn't academically, I didn't achieve academically what was really expected and hoped for, you know, in terms of, uh, grades and things like that, but I mean, I did sport and uh, you know, I was I represented um, Great Britain uh, for running. And oh, great! Running in in uh, the youth youth team uh, in Scandinavia. I can't remember what year it was now, but you know, I, I'd engaged in that. But once um, once I hadn't done, you know, once I just hadn't done so well, but I'd always always showed a kind of like a artistic side. You know, I like to paint and draw, uh, make little home sculptures and stuff like that. So, you know, my dad said, my dad really wanted me to go into uh, some form of business. You know, he was working as a mill manager in West Yorkshire in the textile industry. And he thought, you know, that I would be able to go into that. But I really had no interest whatsoever. Mm. You know, I was happy just to roam around and a little drawing and painting so I you know I had a sort of confrontation I had to say dad you know mom I'm not going to do this you know mm -hmm. I'm going to go to art school that's what I want to do and it, you know it was kind of the very upset and I mean didn't really get angry you know but it was sort of upsetting because they thought it was you know hopeless what are you going to do the, you know poor starving artist for the rest of your life mm -hmm. which ended up being true <laughs> but uh, but of course you know but I had an incredible journey along the way you know far more than I imagined I would have had if I was sitting in some office in, in West Yorkshire and um, so went through uh, a foundation arts course and then went down to um, got into a 
photography, film and TV course in Nottingham. And so I moved down there. And um, really, that was where I, I started discovering myself, I guess, a little more on, you know, what I wanted to do and what I felt about things. And also, um, it was kind of the start of my sort of journey into other cultures, in a way, uh, where I had my little, uh, I mean, you know, you have sort of halls of residence stuff where students stay, and then also others, you know, were put up in houses with, you know, with a little room at the top. So I had this um, little room at the top of a house with uh, owned by a Polish, he'd been an um, air force man in the Polish air force, and had come to, you know, who were very, you know, supportive and, and fought very bravely for, you know, in the, in the RAF for, uh, you know, at the end of the war. Well, anyway, he settled back in, 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 instead of going back to Poland, which was now part of the communist Russia, you know, um, he settled in England. He, they were given the option to, to do that. So he, he came to, um, he lived in Nottingham and he ended up being a miner. Um, and uh, he let his wife had died and he let his rooms out to students. Anyway, it was in a very um, Caribbean neighborhood of Nottingham called Tyson Green, you know, and uh, having been in Yorkshire in a little, you know, tiny little village, you know, without even a pub or anything like that, you know, we never saw um, pe different people, you know, Chinese people, black people, anything like that. It's just kind of like an alien thing. But here we are, here I am in Nottingham and, and uh, you know, there are a lot of Caribbean people around. And I met some youths who, um, you know, just started talking to them and, you know, they they had their music and stuff like that. And then I, I ended up going to, um, inviting me to um, blues parties in the oh. basement. Oh, yes, I know blues uh, parties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, where there would be, um, you know, boxes set up and this really great music that was coming out of, mostly Jamaican, of course, um, and other things, you know, Caribbean and like rum and ting. Right? <laughs> Everything, right. curry goat, <laughs> jerk chicken, <laughs> rice and peas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so, and these guys have got to know really well, and they had they had their sandwiches and boxes, and they were um, they were um, arrested for. Um, having ganja, okay, and they asked me to keep their sound system in my place. Uh, I'd moved to a sort of separate one without the land by then, so I had their all their I had their deck and their record selection and the speaker boxes in my room. Oh my right? goodness! They took up most of the space. I could squeeze through them, you know, to get in there. But the great thing about it was I could just go through the records and just play whatever I wanted. And it was the same time as the sort of UK uh, punk rock thing was happening with, uh, you know, the Sex Pistols, The Clash and stuff like that. And they had their interest in, in Caribbean sounds, uh, you know, Police and Thieves, they did, which is a big tune for them. Mm -hmm. And um, White Man in Hammersmith Palais and various other reggae type of things, you know, and it kind of echoed my experience. Um, so... 
you know, I really got into into that that kind of scene, and it was like I thought, well, oh, God, I'd love to go one day, you know, go to Jamaica, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that took a little bit longer, but <clears throat> you know, when I came. You want me to just carry on rambling like this? No, no, I mean, no. I, I mean I'd mean, i love to kind of go back. No, no, I'd love to. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, I'm just okay. waiting for you to pause. But I have got a few, right. you know, I've got quite a few questions um, for okay. you. So if you no, wouldn't sorry. mind me, if you wouldn't mind me um, sort of kind of going back to your um, your schooling. When, when you think about your teenage years, um, what, what comes to mind? Well, there was, you know, it was a lot of, uh, discovery and um, you know there were um, I don't necessarily think that there were really challenges because it was sort of like in those days uh, maybe we didn't question the things and everything seemed to be okay you know the, there were no pressures mm-hmm. from uh, you know from media or you know like social media or anything like that you know there weren't really um, expectations that you had to be live up to the lifestyles of the rich and famous or, or your peers you know or yeah. anything like that you, you know everybody would just sort of got along with what it was that they were supposed to doing so so you know the only challenges were uh, really <clears throat> kind of being a um, you know wanting to go into art which was not considered as being a job Yes. Right. Instead of instead of just taking some mainstream, you know, kind of mainstream thing. So I didn't really, um, <clears throat> you know, that was that was the biggest challenge that there was. Do you have any any advice to our listeners who do not know what they want to do when they leave school, or they're getting pressure from loved ones like you 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 did in you know who who have a different vision. Um, to theirs, like their loved ones have different visions to theirs. What, do you have any advice for, for well, them? I, well, I think, I mean, the idea is, you know, obviously there are so many things out there, so many opportunities um, now that, that probably weren't there because, you know, the world has opened up. You know, you can look at the world now on your phone, you know, whereas, uh, you know, in the past, you know, there'd be nothing like that. Would you listen to BBC World Service or something, right, to know anything about any other place? But, you know, just, um, you, you just have to experiment and find your own path, and it might not be immediate. Mm. You know, you, you might try a lot of different things, but the best thing to do is to, is to just figure it about, figure it out. Think about what you enjoy doing. You know, mm. if you enjoy shooting some video on your phone or you enjoy talking to people or you, you know, music. I mean, obviously, you know, most people love music and a lot of people want to go down that road. But, yes, uh, I mean, my feeling is that, you know, there is so much out there. There's so many people doing music that, um, and everybody wants to sort of make it in some kind of way. but. I think what you should do, you do it for yourself. You know, do the music for yourself and then you're true to your music instead of trying to do the music necessarily and try to push it. Because if you're, when you show your, you know, when you play your music or you put it somewhere, people will come to it, mm. I think. You know, music's a big one. But really it's what it, about doing what you love. 
mm -hmm. right? And if you're doing what you love, then you will put everything into it. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's the crucial point here, isn't it? It's finding what you like. And I think start off with what you like and then see if you can have a passion for whatever that thing is. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and just, and, and just go with it. You know, there's no, you know, there's no pressure to find out what you want. You know, it's, it's, it is very much a journey, isn't it, Rick? Um, well, well, this is, this is it. I'm, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, but also, you know, that don't struggle with, you know, struggle with it and, and give yourself a hard time and just go like, okay, oh, it's not working. I'm not earning any money from this. I mean, I have had no problem. I mean, part of the thing was about being a student, you know, I mean, I was always broke. So it was like, um, you know, every uh, holiday from, from college or something like that, I didn't mind what I did, whether I worked in a factory stacking pallets or, you know, in the rally bicycle plant, you know, delivering parts or, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, just doing something to help me, you know, have a little money and feel a little more comfortable, you know, yeah. as well as doing my, my other stuff, you know, which was, you know, which worked out really well. But um, it's... Uh, where are we going with this? No, no, no. So no, you're just yeah. offering our, our listeners some advice. And, and yeah. like, like we said, it's very much it's just finding, your, finding what you're interested in, try and find your passion. Yeah. And there's no, you know, there's no pressure, there's no stress in trying to find something out, you know, immediately. No, no. Just, you know, just, just go with it. Just go with the flow and see what, you know, see what, what takes your fancy. Right. Uh, well, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, just, a, just one more thing, point on that. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, my son, uh, Cricket, he lives in um, Los Angeles and he's been very troubled, you know, during his, uh, his early life, uh, teenage life. And, and um, you know, I've always tried to push him to try and do something, whether it's go to college or whatever. But his big thing was he wanted to be a rapper. Mm. Nothing else that he wanted to do. You know, he was going to be the next Jay-Z, the next 50%, 50 cent, the next whatever. You know, yeah. that was it. You know, and I just had to let him follow his dream, you know, until just recently, right? Yeah. He, he's in the lockdown uh, in Los Angeles and he received a check from the, you know, the, the government checks that they were paying to people because of good work. And he went out and bought uh, an iMac and got himself a, a, a Final Cut software, editing software, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had anything that would connect me. You know, we, yes, you know, we say love you, this and that, and, and, and chat about this and that and the other, but I wasn't, frankly, that interested in his sort of gangster rap type of West Coast music and career. It was it sort of became a kind of alien to me. And I didn't really know, you know, whatever, but, but he got this and he decided, you know, he's going to learn to edit, right? And in the last two months, it's opened up a wonderful communication between the two of us because mm. that's how I started out editing. And now, you know, so I'm teaching him how to use it. He's always asking me questions. It's, it's like we're collaborating, you know, and I have a, now a wonderful connection 
yes. you know, with him. And, and he's doing now something that he, you know, that he absolutely loves. And, right. and starting to get little bits of music videos. He's not in the videos as he might have wanted earlier. But he's on the other he's side. Making, yeah. On the other side, and he's making music videos for, for um, you know, artists. Fantastic. So, but he just had to, he had to go through that process, you know, of yeah. self-discovery to find out his passion. And he's found it now, and you can see that he's yeah. going to, you know, he's going to run with it, and, and it's going to, he's going to blossom from it because he's found something that he really and truly likes. Right, and, and you know, it's a good example for the audience you know, of the show because, I mean, obviously, you know, yep, that's it. What we've been saying yeah you find what you want to do and you love you know that might not necessarily happen but then you suddenly you find something else that's and, it and you know and that's it and you've got it and once you have it go for it that's yeah, it no, 150 percent. absolutely and this all comes down to personal growth self-discovery and just becoming doing things so that you can become the person that you are now Rick, what, what life lesson or topic do you wish that they taught at school and why? I know you said that English literature really helped you with your self-discovery and reading yeah. about other people's journeys. Do you want, can you elaborate on that? Well, the thing is that I didn't realise that um, at the time that English literature had helped me. At the time, I thought... <laughs> why do I why do I want to read these books with, with you know like all these people from you know whatever they've done they've been in the second world war or they've you know done this or they've invented that or or something or, or whatever but you know when I um but there was a certain point <clears throat> when I suddenly went you know what actually this is really interesting like you know I'm looking at this person's you know this whoever the writer is, that, you know, their journey. And I'm starting to understand, you know, how they have gone through their own journey of discovery. And then I could sort of relate it to myself, you know, and go like, okay, just look at what you've done and, and look at the key points in your life, uh, you know, where, where things manifested and changed, you know, that, that kind of basically made, you know, me the person I am today. Mm. And, and it was wonderful to have read other people's journeys and start connecting with them, you know, whereas I didn't, you know, for, for many years, it was just like, oh, why do I want to read Pilgrim's Home Progress or something? If anybody's ever heard of that, I don't know. I, I, I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not read it, but I have heard of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so um, I think that looking back, uh, you know, and even now that, you know, what I was kind of forced to do, you know, um, has actually paid back. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess because, I mean, because there's so much information, so much resources, I guess for our listeners, it's, I guess, trying to find the right platform or read the right resource to help you in your in discovery and your growth, isn't it? It's a... Uh, happening because social media is social media and it has you know negatives and positives uh, yeah. sides to it isn't it and well, i think well, sorry Rick. Yeah, i i know I, I agree because i mean i don't think that people um I, you know i don't think people really read it as much anymore mm. i mean you know for the audience there you know like think about yourself when did you last read a book mm. you know 
ask yourself that question and then say maybe, you know, oh, okay, what am I interested in? Why don't I find an author who's, you know, who's interested in something that I'm interested in? Yes. You know, and and um, instead of just having people going, yes, they like this or they don't like that or, you know, or whatever on social media, actually just step outside of the social media arena for a moment and look at something that has, you know, more, you know, sort of uh, depth and longevity, look at a book of, of, you know, somebody's journey, somebody that you admire and mm. read that journey and understand what were the key points, you know, in their journey that maybe relate to yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good piece of advice. It really is. It's just what, what is relatable to you and what you can learn from. Yeah, that's, I, I love that, Nick. Just going on to your career now. So you're a successful director. You've been in the sort of, in the film world for God, for I don't know how many years, but you've done so much. You've done advert. You started off doing TV commercials and music yeah. promos. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you- yeah, that was, uh, um, that was, um, I mean, basically, you know, it came to the end of college and then, you know, the sort of demon that my parents had kind of, you know, told me was going to be there, was there. Yeah. was suddenly like, <laughs> all right, wonderful. You know, I've done this art course, right? Um, now, what am I going to do? Right? And um, it wasn't as if we could all have, you know, we all had, oh, yeah, you, you know, you can shoot something on your phone or you get a video camera, you know, you can do something on a computer and put some effects... Well, none of that was available. The, the only way really to be doing it was to find something I felt anyway. Um, so I kind of went into the commercial industry. A friend told me about a job um, in London and I got on the first train down. I just shut down there and it happened to be at um, Ridley Scott Associates. Mm-hmm. Right? Now Ridley Scott is a film director you know, who made films like Alien and um, Blade Runner. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, he's huge, huge director. uh, Absolute top of the the thing. And um, so I ended up there. I got the job, you know, running around Soho with tons of film as we did in those days and a few Mm -hmm. videotapes because that Mm -hmm. started to come in. You know, and it was inspiring because... um, they were working on Alien at the time. You know, so you go into the production office and there would be like the designer for the Alien HR Geiger with his drawings of the creature and, you know, and they, people would be coming in and out. It was like majorly exciting. And he was sort of like, okay, you know, this is, uh, this is definitely something I want to be involved in, right? And, uh, you know, I ended up moving, you know, being in the uh, editorial, the editing side of it. And the um, <clears throat> and what happened was, um, I think that what I'd done, I had shot I shot a little video for a group, a UK group uh, called the Pogues, okay, and I just did it with a, a Super 8 camera that I had, you know, it's a tiny little thing, and um, and I managed to be able to edit it in at the place that I was working, you know, in the night. Yeah. I did this thing, and then um, eventually um, somebody said, oh, look, you know, you seem to be able to do this thing, and music video, 
Epstein was quite new at this time. And they had this huge project, which was sort of like a whole album by a Japanese artist. And they did a video, like a story type of video with singing, you know, shot in Venice and London and all over the place. And they gave me this job to edit. And, you know, I, uh. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it took about, about three months or something, but that particular project then launched me into doing music video editing. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I did hundreds, hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you did. Until, yeah, <laughs> until eventually, uh, and I'm still doing them, funnily enough. Mm. You know, I mean, I just finished one a couple of weeks ago, which just gone out on on uh, YouTube and social media. But um, the uh, but the thing about it was that you know, then it seemed to be the natural step was rather than just editing them to to direct them. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I had been working with a. a a director um, doing videos for, I mean, all sorts of bands. I was working with a lot of directors, but this particular one, uh, he, uh, he was just moving to Los Angeles and he felt comfortable, more comfortable having his own editor, you know, because we spoke the same language and I knew yes. he wanted to go, go over there with him. Um, so I went over, you know, with his producer and the team and stuff like that uh, to do some videos in Los Angeles and they would fly me, you know, I'd fly over for a week to edit the video, finish mm -hmm. it, and then I'd come back to the UK. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go again and then I'd go again and then, then I'd stay for a month and then, you know, eventually I, um, I just relocated there because right. I was getting other work from American directors mm -hmm. and, um, and that, that really worked out because, uh, then somebody said, look, you know, you, you, you obviously understand this thing. Why don't you direct some stuff yourself? Yes. And I think one of the first projects, funnily enough, was some sort of thing. Do you remember Neil Diamond? Yes. Yeah, I do. All right. Yeah. yeah Neil I Diamond. <laughs> well, anyway, so it was a real mixed bag. But, but I think the, 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 the big one that really, um, you know, kind of gave me, you know, put me on the map there was uh, Ice Tea. Uh, I'm your pusher. Okay. Right. It's still on YouTube, I think, for anybody who wants to have a look at that. But it had all the, you know, big name West Coast and East Coast rappers in it. Uh -huh. For me, it was a major milestone. And the, the interesting thing about it also was that, um, you know, it wasn't just all singing. You know, there were dramatic parts that had to be shot with action. Uh -huh. And um, so I was sort of starting to learn a little bit of the language of, of drama. Mm -hmm. Right, rather than just somebody, pretty person singing to the, to the camera, um, you know. So that was LA, um, and then um, uh, Wait, carry on. No, no, no. I was going to say because I my intention is to do an episode or a series on um, career. So I'd love to sort of you know invite you back, Rick, so you can just talk about your sort of directing and editing in, in, in more detail. So, cause I've got yeah. so many, I've got so many questions here that I'd like to ask you. So right, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not more about faster. It's just more about, I've just, there's so, so many questions. I, I want a lot. I want to get as much as I can out of you. Cause I know you've got such an interesting journey and interesting story. So how did you, so I know, so obviously you started off as an editor and then obviously became a director and you, you know, you've directed so many, so many great things. 
and you ended up in Jamaica. How did yeah. you, just very briefly, how, how did you end up in Jamaica? And if you could just tell our audience, just uh, our, our guests or our listeners, um, right. what sort of things okay. that you've done and, and, that, and then we can sort of yeah. move on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, Jamaica. Okay. So, so basically, um, uh, when I was working in the commercial thing and I, I earned some money and, uh, you know, I'd always wanted, you know, since the student days, I'd always wanted to go go to Jamaica. So I went to Jamaica for three weeks with a girlfriend and we drove around the island on a motorbike and had a wicked time, right? And, um, and that was it. And then I went, you know what? Next thing is I want to do some work here. Anyway, mm. it, it little a bit later, this is uh, mid nineties. Um, I was doing some collaboration with um, uh, Don Letts, right? who's a, a documented maker now and DJ right and um, we were offered the opportunity well honestly no we went to Jamaica to do two music videos and we were there for two weeks and we made the music videos but while we were there we um, we thought we'd go to Kingston and you know I've been interested in and, and likewise in you know in meeting some of the, the older artists that we had been listening to you know, that I've been listening to in, in the student days, some of the, you know, the Dillinger and, and Uroy and Iroy, um, you know, the DJs, yes. DJs and stuff. So we went and um, found them. We went and hunted them down in Kingston and, <laughs> um, and did little interviews with them and then, and also shot them singing their, you know, their famous, you know, most famous songs. So we yeah. made these little videos we did these interviews. Then we showed them to Chris Blackwell from Island Records mm -hmm. and said, "Hey, look, here's an idea. Why don't we, um, why don't we interview? You know, these guys are all getting on. You know, they need to be recorded, tell their stories. Yes. So, so basically, we, you know, we went uh, two years. We were there for two two months each year, uh, doing interviews day after day after day. Maybe a hundred Jamaican old Jamaican artists mm -hmm. did, and." Um, and, but younger ones too. I mean, we did stuff with Beanie Man and, and Bounty Killer and various others, uh, you know, who were the hot DJs at the time. And then um, one day, Chris Blackwell just said, uh, you know, we were doing uh, something, I think it was the uh, video EPK for Luciano, and he, he just said, he said, um, uh, guys, I've got, a, um, I've got this script, right, um, called Dancehall Queen. Mm -hmm. And uh, would you guys be interested in making it into a low-budget movie? And it was like, no, nah, not interested. <laughs> 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 no, we just leapt at it and yes. went, okay, when? When do we start? You know, and that was it. So yeah. basically, that was the thing. Uh, you know, kind of worked out that and production and, and made Dance All Queen. And that came out in 97. Mm -hmm. uh, stayed, stayed there for to do another whole huge documentary project uh, all over the island and, and that was the that was terrific you know because in many ways you know jamaica a lot of the countryside and everything reminded me very much of my youth you okay. know out in the countryside in, in yorkshire you know rambling through the fields and things and farms and the yeah you know i i love that i mean i you know obviously i've got a deep fascination with the urban side of it all that you find very much in kingston Yes, you know, and, and and what that's about, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but also, you know, the countryside—it's it, just wonderful. So yeah, 
So that, that was that was great. And uh, then the next thing, you know, it goes on and somebody sees that and then they go, oh, another movie. Yeah, and things just exploded, didn't it? I mean, obviously things exploded. And it's just gone from one, you've just gone from strength to strength, which is is fantastic. Did you you overcome any obstacles along the way? And what steps did you take? I know you've kind of put here, you know, obviously it was a rocky road and sometimes you just lost track financially. Um, and yeah, yeah, well, that's that's that is one one issue, you know. And yet, it, yet again, it comes back to um, you know being safe, you know, having a regular yeah. job, nine to five, um, and coming home and and you know, I, I guess you know some people probably some people love that, and some people love their security. Yes, you know, and, and life's okay, and you've got two kids and a dog and a cat and a two cars and a, you know, but mm. that's, that wasn't for me. Sure. I, I wanted to do this and I wanted to, you know, talk to people, meet people, make films about them, you know, people tell their stories and, um, you know, and travel around the world doing it. Yeah. You know, which is always kind of uh, risky because the opportunities don't always come up, you know, so you have great pleasure doing yes. this this work but at the same time you know there are long periods when you're not doing anything mm. you know? um I, I would sort of um although it could you know i could i edit i shoot camera you know direct whether it's two people or or, or 50 people in a crew it yeah. doesn't matter but but yet yeah, there are long periods of drought you know mm. like the bible uh, in the Bible, you know, there's there's drought and famine, yes, and then and then the rich years, mm. you know, and you kind of have to be in a situation where you um you kind of store up, you know, you store things up, and then you have a hard time, and, yes. You know, but you know, you know, you know what you want to do, um, and in some cases, and you can just go out and do bits and pieces yourself and try and make something happen, but but yeah. it's not, you know, taking the 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 sort of artistic road is not always easy mm. because um, you're reliant on you know so many so many different financial factors. But uh, but all I'll say about it is that I decided to go on that path, and I uh, you know and I would never change that. Mm. You know, if I had to do it again, yes, I'd do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine. Yeah, because I feel I feel fulfilled. I, I have done by yes. deciding to go on that path. Great. And on, on reflection, is there anything that you would have done differently, though? No. No? I wouldn't have done anything Anything different. differently. I, okay. I would have, uh, I would have, um, you know, I would have done, I would have made, I'd make the same decisions again. You know, mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a point where um, I could possibly have, I, I set up a little production company in London. I remember in King's Cross, wasn't it? I remember I think that's when we met. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did that you were okay. actually yeah, I remember that was the first time we met was uh in your little studio in King's Cross. Were you, um, were you going to be coming to Jamaica anyway? Yeah, that that's it. And you were just you, you were mean? just packing it you were just packing up. But anyway, let's How continue. Let's continue. Yeah. We'll we'll continue I'll continue offline because I've got so much so yeah. much to ask you here. Sorry, sorry. Okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I had this production company, and at one point I could have gone, 
right, you know what, I'm going to make this into a business and I, there's going to be other directors and producers and we're going to be doing this, you know, and that. But, you know, something came up, yeah. you know, sort of like a sort of people project, anthropological or whatever it, it is. Yeah, and I went, no, I'm doing that, mm -hmm. right? You know, and, and so off I went again for a year. Wow. And, and the production company, you know, kind of just faded away. But, I mean, I did what I wanted to do. Yeah, you gave it a go. You gave it a sh yeah. you know, your best shot, isn't yeah. it? And, again, it's like one of those things you can just try and try and try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you can say, hey, exactly. Exactly. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Rick, what is that unique something you feel you offer the world through your field? Well, I guess that I have a, an ability to... Uh, you know, um, get along with people and listen to them and, uh, you know, help them uh, tell their own stories. Great, 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 great. Now you're doing, you, you're working in Africa at the moment. You're doing, there's an, you've yeah. actually created an, an initiative to help sort of the locals tell their story through film. Can you tell our listeners a little yeah. bit more about that? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, um, I've been spending a bit more time in the UK, and uh, I figured that you know I wanted to, having been in Jamaica for twenty years, it's kind of difficult to come back here and suddenly, oh yeah, you're here in the in the, you know, middle of the film industry as such and so forth. And I saw this ad for a um, director of overseas training and mm. production. Right for a, a small um, NGO in um, in the UK, and uh, so I applied for it, and you know they were very happy to have me. You know, Amazing! It, it meant working in Africa. I've worked in the Caribbean. You know, I understood a lot of things about you know culturally, um, and uh, so yeah. So so we developed some projects. I mean, the first one, uh, and that was um, I went to Sierra Leone, West Africa. Uh, November, December last year, and we shot a, a feature film. I, I shot a feature film with a, a small group of uh, in central Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. But I mean that that they were sort of a little bit sort of developed, you know, already. But but what I um what uh, yeah mm -hmm. we talk about. So anyway, um, the idea that we had was to sort of expand uh, the the learning process to to um, other other countries. And there was a connection in, um, in Malawi, whereby I think they previously made a film and, and had some people distributing this film. So I, I just had the idea that it'd be really cool to get together a, um, a group of young Malawans, yes. right? And let them, you know, empower them to be able to tell their own stories. Uh, you know, so, so um, I had a, a I've managed to research and find a guy who, who had a little bit of a production thing going on. He shoots music videos and weddings. Mm. And, um, you know, so after conversation, been, anyway, he, he was able to, you know, he, had, he, had, he was doing a little bit of something already. And so I suggested that we put together this group called the Kasungu Film Collective, Kasungu being a small town in Malawi. Okay. And that uh, we, put the ad, we put the ads out. And, um, you know, we get, um, you know, kind of an equal balance. It's, uh, the group is now eight male, eight female, young people. Great. Right? 
And uh, my first initiative was that I wanted them to make a, a one-minute clip. You know, it had to be under one minute, one minute, about mm -hmm. an issue that they felt very strongly about on the phone. Yes. Right? You don't need... No, nobody needs cameras, expensive cameras. You just get your phone and do it. Yeah. I shot uh, a little clip um, here um, on the beach, a little story thing that I sent them. You know, the whole training and everything communication goes through WhatsApp. Amazing. You know, so, so basically, <clears throat> yeah, so, so basically um, I had them make these films and... Um, uh, and then the, the, the guy, Patel in uh, Malawi, helped them put them together so that they learned a little bit about e editing techniques. So we had uh, 16 films, which I then gave to, and I told them this, you know, I, I gave it to nine judges, sort of international, mm -hmm. you know, the, the head of the collective who were working in Sierra Leone, he did it, you know, various other people, you know, a wide range of people. And they all made comments and points and then, you know, there was a little award ceremony whereby oh. three of the, the students, you know, won some money. You know, I mean, about the equivalent of a week's wages. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and um, and so now I'm on to the next phase. Uh, they got feedback, you know, they're now doing interviews, uh, shooting interviews of each other, talking about their films, mm -hmm, why, they mm -hmm. made, why they made them. Yes. So now these will expand into a longer form. A long form. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, they're also now the next initiative is to, based on the feedback, or like your camera's too shaky, you recorded the sound in the wind, we can't hear what this person's saying. You yes. know, these kind of little comments. And so now they're, they're going to make their one minute films into three minute films, mm -hmm. but with the improved understanding that they will have learned from all the comments that oh, people wow. make. That's... Right? And, and then we're doing a, and then based on this, uh, I believe that they've learned interviewing skills and they've learned a little bit about shooting. So they're mm -hmm. about to start um, another 15 to 20 minute documentary project about uh, school child brides okay. and uh, pregnancies and, and marriages. Great. What a great initiative. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. So, so they, are, they are doing their thing. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, they want to move on. The next thing, there's an albino kid in, in the group. Mm -hmm. still, um, and they're going to be doing a thing about the taboos and stigmas around al albinism in Malawi. You know, Brilliant. it's pretty terrible. And uh, there's also a um, hearing impaired, deaf and dumb girl in, in the group as well. Mm -hmm. And it's also about how she communicates, you know, with sound lang language. Yeah. So we're, we're sort of trying to encompass, you know, everybody so that, it, you know, they deal with issues that are related to their lives yeah yeah well great well i look forward to you know hearing how this how this goes because already it sounds brilliant it sounds fascinating you know it sounds great i mean so you must do do keep me up to up to speed with that yeah. rick because i'd love to hear about how it all kind of pans out and how it grows do, do you have any sort of personal habits or daily routines you feel have contributed to where you are now uh, I mean, I, well i'm a I mean, what you've written here, just to give you a bit of um, sort of pointers here, you said everything I've done has had some effect on where I am now, whether it's been purely spontaneous or deeply throughout. I don't do things routinely and you enjoy walking different paths each day, which I, I, I thought just, well, that was so beautifully written. Do you want to? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, that's the thing you see, you know, I mean, 
you know, just wake up and there's another day. And it's like if I had a routine, uh, it would be almost sort of, um, you know, kind of boring. Uh, you know, be like Groundhog Day. You know, mm. you, know yes. you just sort of get up, this or that, get the pick up the bag, walk out the door and, you know, into the car, off to the office. You know, no, you know, it's just wonderful just to let the day unfold and, you know, kind of like whatever it, it brings. Mm -hmm. I mean, having said that, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not so abstract that, you know, every single occurrence, you know, drags me in a, in a different spontaneous direction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, which one could be? I mean, yeah, why not? But, uh, but at the same time, um, as letting just that, that flow happen, Mm -hmm. uh, around you uh, you know there are times you know when I will sort of sit down you know or generally like lie down and do a sort of um, what has been described to me right because I haven't I, you know I, I, I told a close friend so look this is what I do right and he said oh that's uh, that's Taoist meditation Oh, what's that? Like, what's what said, you do? He said, he said, you know, <laughs> you know. He said, like, what did he say to me? He said, uh, he said uh, you know, you are doing what people pay a lot of money to learn how to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I um, uh, basically, no. What I do is I, I kind of channel, you know. I kind of I will lie down, and I will do. I'll try to clear every single thing out of my mind you mm -hmm. know so that there's no little intrusives um no little mm -hmm. objects no visual things nothing there at all yeah until there's a sort of almost like that feels like there's almost like a, a pearlescent kind of aura yes that's there and then take that as if it's uh, becomes a sort of like a globe or some beam of Power, of light and power, uh, yes. Energy, mm -hmm. right? And send it out from me to do something. Great. Wow. Yeah. And do you, do you feel it, it's working? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So do you think, I mean, obviously there's so many different ways that, you know, you can de-stress and everything, but I guess that's one, one thing that I guess our listeners can... Uh, can try if they're feeling you know stressed out or under pressure in some way whether it's to do with studying or you know revising for their exams yeah, yeah just 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 get rid of the clutter i mean yeah, it's very hard then, you know you've got you've got to be almost in a, a peaceful sort of environment but yeah push everything away and then just let that one thing be there and, and kind of focus like Brilliant. that i like so that much, you know we have so much Noise. noise 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 <laughs> you, know, you know you know noise and visual and everything just coming hitting us yeah you know? and, and so to be able to just clear that out that's right you know, just be at one with yourself just be at one yeah, yeah. and just yeah. turning inwards you know that's all you have to do and just get get get, get rid of all that that noise and uh, distraction you said in terms you also swim i remember you also love swimming oh, yeah. that's also a part of your yeah kind of I, I resetting it, isn't it yeah in some ways i mean i guess that it's almost like it's uh you know just floating in, in the ocean or something like that is also 
you know, it's kind of like going back to the innocence of pre-birth mm. in a way. You know, yeah. you're, you're there in the womb and, you know, that's this incredible environment before you were subjected to outside stimulus. Yes, I like that. I love that. I love that. But also, <laughs> you know, exercise, ex you know, some form of exercise. Like I, I do like to swim hard. You know, yes. and that kind of exercise, like something like that. You know, some people go for a run, some people do this or, or whatever. But mm. I like to swim so hard, you know, that I, I sort of almost like drag myself onto the shore, you know, hunting <laughs> and exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a, be a beached whale or something. But you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it, 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 it also does something. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I think exercise just just wonders, you know. Just yeah, it just gives does wonders to your mind, to your, obviously your physique, yeah. to to, to your, your whole well being. Your whole well, I can definitely relate to that. Rick, who was the most influential person in your life, and what was the biggest lesson they taught you? Uh, can I get my secret answer? Not one, not one specific person, because so many have helped oh, guide me on my journey, whether I have learned from their mistakes or their achievements. Okay. Yeah, right, be well, me. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I can't really say that there, you know, that that there is a specific person. You yeah, know? I mean, you know, one one can have heroes, you know, um, as it were, you know, people that you look up to. Um, and you go, oh, well, they really did something. But, you know, not everybody did, you know, people did their own thing. You know, nobody, you, so you have to have a, a whole bunch of, of people who influence you. Yeah. And then th th those influences make you different and you go on your path, <clears throat> you know, rather than saying, oh, yeah, it was, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, it was Bob Marley, you know, when he sang One Love. Right, I thought, wow, this is so wonderful. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I was just giving a, an abstract example there. Sure, you know, of course. Of, of you know, that's a sub of somebody who you know who who is one of the people I'm sure, you know, who has influenced me. You know, there are others, of course, yes. many, many others. No, absolutely. Where are you currently on your journey to self-discovery? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's hard to say, you know, really. I mean, maybe I'm just at the start, you know, or maybe I'm coming close to the end, but I can't uh, judge it. I, you probably never reach the end. Nobody mm. ever reaches the end. You don't suddenly go, I got it, Eureka, you know? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, I've discovered the secret of eternal life and, <laughs> and you know, and saviour of the world. Yeah. Right? But no, we won't get there. You know, we we are on the journey, and uh, I I suppose that you know there's more of the journey behind me than mm -hmm. there is in front. You know, but uh, I can't exactly say. All oh, right, yeah, um, oh, sixty percent. Yeah, great. That's fine. We're always, like you said, Nick. We're Rick. We're always becoming. We're still becoming, aren't we? So <laughs> yeah, we're still learning. We're still discovering. So there's the, you can't really put a pointer on it, can, you know, can we? No. No. What would you say about your journey so far in terms of what you do? And, and do, you, do you reflect much and celebrate? Um, well, I mean, I do think about it, you know, and uh, 
you know, those thoughts are always positive and we've kind of, you know, gone across this a little bit before. Yeah. You know, I have I have no re- no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe in maybe in love. Yeah. But I mean I don't have any regrets in terms of, you know, kind of like you know, the decisions I've made in terms of, of uh, work and such and so forth. You know. Yeah. Um yeah, I think about those decisions and I, I analyze what they were and and what effect it did have upon me. Yeah. But that's only really thinking about it because, you know, I mean maybe I'll write a book one day. Mm. Right? And uh you just sort of think about these this kind of thing, you know, in a historical context, uh, you know, and as I said, I can't really figure out where. Um, so, you know, the journey's the journey's great, it's been fantastic, mm-hmm. and um, I will, uh, and I'm still on it. Great, yeah, of course, yeah, we're all all still on it until we're not on it, okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Until we're not on it, I, I like. So I'd like what you. Sorry, sorry, Rick. Oh no, I was just going to say for for people you know listening. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know what your demographic is in terms of those, you know, whoever is listening to. Mostly teenagers. Teenagers. Okay. Teenagers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they they've all had some journey. You know, don't expect to feel like oh yeah, you've done it or you're there. You know, immediately just let it come to you. You can make mm. efforts and, and step off in different directions, but don't be, you know, just don't feel hurried. You know, yes. There's no rush. That's right. That's right. No, absolutely. There's no, you know, it's, there's no rush to do things and to, yeah, there's no, it's just taking your time, you know. Time does go quickly, mind you, but, you know, it is literally <laughs> just, <laughs> it just take your time and don't feel that, you know, you need to hurry to do, you know, do everything or, anything just make sure whatever you're doing you're becoming yeah and make sure you believe in it yeah exactly i like what you've put here rick about your views on personal development and spirituality um yeah if you don't mind i'll i'll read it out it's it's always important to look at yourself on your journey examine what you are doing and why then revise your course if you feel you may be stepping the wrong way look into your soul do you have one? Is there a greater power that guides you? If you feel there's a greater power, then let it set the guidelines for your life and live by them to the full. Oh. I like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. No. No. I'm. T- yeah. I mean, I wrote that, and that's what I believe. So, yeah. You know. Um, you know, no human really is going to say, "Hey, Rick, go and do this." You know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will listen to people, you know, and it's up to me and you know, anybody listening, you know, you don't have to do what people tell you, you know, you have to take what they're saying, don't get angry about it, take what they're saying and try and understand fundamentally what it means to you and whether that's of use to you to go in a, in a, a particular direction. Yeah. So in terms of our you know, listening to yourself. What What are your views on personal accountability or sort of responsibility and do you live it daily? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you have a responsibility to yourself, obviously, but you also have a, a responsibility to the world. You know, mm-hmm. so um, if you are, you know, if you are true to yourself and you make sure that, you know, you don't kind of, you know, 
earth and the road that, that you, you know, see yourself going on. Uh, don't get sidetracked. Don't, you know, focus on that, but, but also make sure that you are not crossing other people and, um, you know, accept everybody that you meet on the way, you know, as a kind of equal person. Yeah. Know? We're all there and, and it's for the better of the world. You know, better for you as mm-hmm. an individual and better for the world, yeah. you know, um, to have that, uh, that, that vision and openness and love. Yeah, lovely. Beautifully said, Rick. Um, what accomplishments are you proud, are you most proud of and what is your next biggest goal? Well, well, I'm very, you know, obviously I, um, pride is one thing, but I'm very happy with almost everything that I've done, <laughs> right? Uh, in terms of, let's talk it, you know, in terms of uh, physical stuff, in terms of, um, you know, productions and, and such and so forth. Yeah, very happy with that, um, you know, but uh, also, you know, currently going through this um, this process of sort of uh, mentorship and giving uh, part of my knowledge, you know, to and experience to to other people to help empower them, you know, that that is my big mission at the moment. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what I feel. I feel, you know, content. That's what I feel very happy with. You know, it makes me feel great you know mm-hmm. i mean you know these kids are you know they're doing their thing and they come up you know they come on a video call you know the other last week and they're just like they're going oh I, they, 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 you know and i'm like oh you know it just felt like suddenly and there was another big developed family mm-hmm. you know out there and they're getting so much from it you know and they, they're saying oh give us more things to do one oh, more bless. we're loving this and and you know it's it's um fantastic i mean having said that you know I, i'm that's this is not the only thing i'm doing you know yeah. I'm, I'm doing commercial projects and um i have uh i um i went to a film festival a couple of years ago and, and had to pitch a, a tv program show idea uh or um you know to, to win a, a fund to, to make a TV pilot, and I won it, you know, out yep. of the, uh, you know, the, the 12 finalists, yep. uh, I had to stand up and do a two-minute pitch. Well done. People, and I won it, and... Um, hey, and, that's fantastic, <laughs> amazing. And, 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 you know, and, and I've completed my TV show, it's called The Agency, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's uh, the story of a, a strong uh, Caribbean woman, who tries to make it or it makes it in the um, misogynistic world of the Jamaican music business. Okay. You know? Yes. And uh, it's getting its premiere in, in two weeks' time on the film, fe- the film festival. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, the big idea is that, you know, the biggest thing maybe of my life will be that this can get picked up by a major streamer like Netflix mm-hmm. and be the first Caribbean, you know, TV show on any streaming platform. Well, I wish you all the best, Rick. You got to send me the pilot if you can, because I'd love to see it. I can send you um, a ticket to watch it. Oh, even better! Amazing. Oh, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. 
Um, I've only got a few more questions for you, Rick, before I can let you, before I can let you go. Um, what would you say to your 13, 18 and 21 year old self? I can't remember when I was 13. Um, well, you what? 18 will do. 18 yeah. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, if I could go back in time and, and I'd sort of, like, sit and watching them and I tapped on the shoulder. Excuse me, mate. Right, I've got an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good movie, actually. I like the idea of that. You know, you're being able to travel back to yourself, you know, at certain ages. And yeah. advise on, on the life course mm -hmm. what a great idea yeah a food for <laughs> thought <laughs> oh it is it'd be quite easy to do it as well wouldn't it um and then it'd be like the butterfly effect you know because what happens is you know the butterfly effect if you go back in time uh -huh. you, kill a, you kill a butterfly you know like in prehistoric times the whole world in the modern changes because of the effect that you know the thing that you did ah okay so, so so based on that theory yes read, read it read it up and everybody listen to the butterfly effect because if you decide uh, at some point that you're going to you know you come to a junction in the road and you go like you know what uh i think i'll go left and you go start walking left and then you go no no i'm gonna go right so you walk back to the junction and go the other way your whole life plan and every single thing will completely change mm. depending upon which of those roads you go That's on right. yeah. that one or that one it'll mm -hmm. be totally different you know because of who you meet there and, and not that's there, right you know um anyway uh, so going back to them i would tell them I, I would just tell them just keep on you know going on in the direction you're going in mm -hmm. i wouldn't say hey you're gonna you know you're gonna there's gonna be a car smash there you know don't go that way you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, you learn from everything and, and you learn from your mistakes. Yes. Uh, and you just keep going. Like, as we've been saying on this. Yes. Um, motivation is to move forward, you know, and do it, um, you know, respectfully to yourself and respectfully to other people. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What legacy or impact would you like to leave? Well, I just hope that I, I would have been able to uh, give some people some form of enlightenment uh, learn a little bit of something from me and also had fun doing so oh that's lovely that's lovely that's beautiful rick last question what's the most important message you would like to leave with us today uh, well it's very similar i suppose in a way to a lot of the stuff that we said but it's basically you know that people you should be true to yourself and yeah. true to others you should be completely honest uh, to yourself and to others. Never lie to yourself, never lie to others. Mm. And then you will be, you know, and you will be happy within yourself. It doesn't matter. You're not there to please other people. But if you are happy from within, that, that energy will also go out to other people. They will feel you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And what, I've li what I like what you've put here as well is uh, judge not, hate not, live life to the full, have fun on your way and see you soon. Oh, <laughs> that's a nice way to end the show. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. oh, Rick, oh, it's been great. It's been great. You know, it's been such a long time and it's just been, yeah, it's been an uh, honour to have you and to just catch up with you and 
and I really appreciate your time because I know you're very busy. I know you're a busy, very busy man. And listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that and you got value out of you know the conversation as much as I did. And if you want to hear more inspirational stories, just please keep tuning in, keep following, keep subscribing, and follow me on Instagram, Instagram Oyana Voices for inspirational content. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all.